Hello, this is Mike Edel and Steve Carpenter from Yakima Chief Hops. Welcome to the 16th episode of our podcast, Beer, Baseball, and Binds. Today we are being joined by Tom Nielsen from Sierra Nevada Brewing and uh, and Kevin Smith from Bale Breakers, a guest with us today as well. So thank you both. And Tom, thanks very much. Uh, I understand you're in Boise today. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. I am in Boise here for the Hop Research Council meetings this week. So it's been a lot of fun hanging out with everybody in the hop industry. And, uh, yeah, well, again, thanks for having me on. So Tom, is uh, Missy behaving herself? <laughs> you, you mean El, El Presidente? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Give that yeah, lady. Missy is the president of HRC, and I'm actually the current uh, vice president. So okay. I'm, I'm next in line there. Yeah, all no, it's right. been great. Great meetings. So, Good. Tom, uh, not all of our 22 listeners know exactly what H- HRC is, so could you maybe enlighten everybody a little bit about the organization and, and, and what you're all working on and uh, kind of maybe some yeah. things you talked about here in, in, the, in the last couple of days at your meetings? Right. Well, Hop Research Council was founded in 1979, so it's on its 40th year. Just an industry trade group, nonprofit group that kind of coordinates a lot of the basic research uh, that really, you know, help help growers, uh, dealers, and, and brewers deal with their, their issues in, in the hop world. So, you know, something like 1997 happened when, uh, you know, a mildew uh, strain mm-hmm. developed that really threatened the crop, and Hop Research Council put all their brains together, put all our, all our funds together, and, and, and tackled a pretty major, major issue. Uh, but we work on many, many different things, ranging from uh, hop, hop aroma and flavor to, uh, you know, like I said, pests and, and diseases and, and different things like that. So it's a, it's a pretty solid organization with uh, 22 voting members at this time. And in the last couple of days, uh, were there any things in particular that you were focusing on or that uh, um, you want to share with, uh, with uh, the outside at the moment? Yeah, well, let's see. Um, you know, probably... Th- the non-sexy side of hops is, uh, you know, exports and and MRLs and these sorts of things. So the, there seems to be some some threats. Um, I would say maybe short to midterm threats in in getting our, our hops kind of harmonized for export mm-hmm. uh, to, to the EU with, with different um, you know tolerances for different fungicides and things like that. Um, all of which I, I hope will be corrected, um, but seems to be a little bit of tension in the world <laughs> and people you know maybe aren't playing as nice as they as they used to in the past which uh you know it's just the reality these days for a lot of different things no it's a big but, deal uh, yeah no it's a it big is. deal uh for us yeah, I mean, it's a we're, very big deal we're we're exporting about 32 33 percent of all our hops right now are exported and and we do need to deal obviously with those uh phytosanitary requirements, the MRL uh, issues, as you've talked about, uh, a big amount going to Europe and then, and then to Asia. And Asia's fragmenting now where Japan, Korea, Taiwan all have their own thing. And so mm-hmm. it is it is really delicate. And then it gets tied up in all of the, the trade uh, wars or disputes, as I think you're referring to, Tom, and it makes everything a lot more challenging, whether you're us as a hop exporter, but also if you're an importer, you're a brewer overseas, yeah. trying to figure out how to deal with that is really complicated. Absolutely. You know, I've, I've watched this issue over the years, and as long as we can keep our decision-making based on the science mm-hmm. and keep the politics out of it, it usually takes care of itself. But sometimes uh, that political side gets heightened, and uh, you end up having uh, issues that you uh, don't necessarily anticipate. 
and uh, well, really... I'll certainly drink to that, Steve. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have uh, we do have a plan B, and that is uh, we've got an internal mule uh, happened to be named <laughs> Steve Carpenter, who's transported some hemp back and forth across a few state oh my lines. Gosh, and so now the public knows it. <laughs> so we're, uh, we're we're getting Steve a cigar boat to go back and forth between here and Europe, transporting hops and uh, trying to trying to skate around those MRL requirements. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you got to watch out for that those pirates out there in the high seas, Steve. So. Yeah, I've, I, yeah, there's pirates everywhere, I can guarantee you that. <laughs> Steve, I can tell you, you know, for all of us who have ever walked down a city street with you and the speed you go at, uh, we're not worried about anybody <laughs> catching up to, to you <laughs> in a cigar I, boat, you know. <laughs> I, I can get there pretty quickly. It just amounts to how much I can haul, you know, how much I can carry, so. That's true. Yeah. Uh, well, well, you know, Tom, Sierra Nevada has uh, has been obviously an iconic uh, part of the entire craft industry and a longtime uh, great friend of, of Yakima Chief. And uh, today we're drinking your Hazy Little Thing, uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is simply a fantastic beer and really one of the first, you know, gl- nationwide hazies. Uh, maybe tell us a little bit about how you guys came up with uh you know the, the 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 beer itself and and everything that goes into trying to produce a beer that can can really be distributed across the entire country. Yeah, it's been really successful for us. We really uh, enjoyed the last year and a half and and all the success of that that brand. Um, really, uh, it's just it's the total package. Uh, the beer is delicious. It's wonderful. It's stable, which is a real trick uh, when you're producing a hazy beer. Very very um, difficult. Very, very difficult, right, Kevin? Yeah. So, and, and I think it's, you know, it's it's got a great call name, Hazy. I think you're hearing that over the bar now. Um, you know, I love I love the packaging on it. I think we just really, the whole team just just rocked it on that one. Um, but making making the beer, yeah, it's extremely challenging. And I mean, it really requires a lot of uh, highly sought after hops. Um, you know, developing that haze is, you know, it really requires you to play with the different grain, grains that you have before, some oats and some unmalted wheat. Um, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a, a challenge in production to, to pull it off. And it's, it's been growing. It's really, it's challenged production. It's challenged procurement. It's challenged us in many different ways here in the past year. Yeah. It's, I mean, but, uh, it, I was going to say, ahead, it's, it's, I'm not surprised that you guys would pull off something of, of this caliber but it's it's extremely extremely difficult and and one thing that i love about it is it's got like a beautiful haze to it it's not like a milkshake mm-hmm. it's not anything like that and and with putting it into a can and and, and having a, a large-scale distribution every time i've ever picked it up the haze has been the exact same and mm-hmm. it's it's just it's beautiful it's a it's a it's a something to really aspire to as, as a brewer to be able to put a beer uh, uh, into yeah. a can like this and, and be able to keep it this stable. It's, it, it's well, well done. Well, we, we pride ourselves on beer handling, uh, number one, you know, and oxygen, uh, limiting oxygen uh, with every beer transfer. I think that's a big part of it. Um, and there's, there's a couple other little tricks, you know, that we've learned along the way to, to maintain that haze. And it's stable for, you know, nine, 12 months on the shelf. Oh, so that's awesome. We haven't tested it. We haven't tested it actually beyond there. So, it could even be longer than, than that. And, um, Tom, are you brewing this both in Chico and Asheville or, or, or not? Yep. We're pretty much 50, 50 mm-hmm. on most, most brands, uh, between Mills river and, uh, Chico. So 
Yeah. That's great. That was kind of your original design to have breweries on both coasts so you can have nice fresh beer to uh, a wide uh, spectrum of uh, beer drinkers. So it's worked out, it seems. Absolutely. I was in uh, New Jersey last week on vacation in the Jersey Shore, and the pale ale and the hazy were tasting fantastic. Just, mm-hmm. just great. Were you able to catch any Mets games while you were back there, Tom? I did. Of course I did. <laughs> I'm so I did. surprised. And I actually, uh, <laughs> um, mutual friend of ours, there's Steve. Uh, okay. John, John, John Siegel. Siegel. Oh, yeah. Caught a game. Yeah. The, yeah, the yeah, Bailey was, Rooster. Was pretty... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. John John and his high, high oil cascades. You know, we were yeah, right there. Exactly. No, that's great. Uh, how, how'd they do the games you went to? It was a great game. It was Saturday night um, against the Phillies, and they won six six to five. So yeah. really exciting game. They're they're uh, playing. Well, they just well they just beat up on my Twins Your the last twins two games went, here. Yeah. Uh, they got destroyed today. In fact, uh, I think it was fourteen to four, and the Twins threw in one of their uh, utility players to pitch the ninth <laughs> inning because yep. they were beat up so bad. So. Yeah. Did I, you yeah, watch? Did you watch either game yesterday or today, Tom? Uh, the you Twins know, and the I've been in meetings all day, and I just about an hour ago checked the box score and started cracking up at the last three innings <laughs> where the what? Twins allowed 12 runs and, yeah, threw in their, their infielder there at the end. The pitch, I, watched, yeah. I watched the game last night because it was a night game uh, here at least, uh, and um, mm-hmm. so it was a good game. And, and, and the Mets do have a number of really good players. You kind of wonder why they're still below 500 because they've got plenty of talent on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no kidding. Last night was fun, Steve, because uh, the ninth inning, uh, the, the the Mets were ahead three to two, and so the Mets brought in Edwin Diaz. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Former Mariner oh. relievers had a really rough time. I think he's lost six games or blown five saves or whatever the numbers yep. are. They're not not very good it's, for it's him. It's four, but who's counting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, what what was fun in the in the ninth inning? If you're a baseball fan, it was uh, he. He hit a guy, he walked a guy, he struck out a couple of guys, and he was throwing at 99, 100 miles an hour. And so finally, uh, it's the it's the bottom of the ninth because the Twins are at home, and uh, bases are loaded, there's two outs, and it's Edwin Diaz against Nelson Cruz. Okay. Oh. And the very first time that they faced right? each other. Yeah, yeah. former yeah, yeah. very first time they had, had, had faced each other. And I've watched enough Twins to say, oh, geez, this is going to be trouble for Nelson because he – he can't turn around on a 98, 99-mile-an-hour fastball anymore mm-hmm. like he used to. Mm-hmm. He hit a home run today. I'm sure it was going to be on a slider that was in the low 90s. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, he, he struck him out on three or four pitches, and that was the end of the game. Yep. Uh, but it was an exciting mm-hmm. one if you're a baseball fan. Well, Edwin yeah. Diaz, uh, we enjoyed watching him in Seattle for a couple of years. But every once in a while, he gets what I call the Fernando Rodgers <laughs> right? syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a little bit interesting to watch yeah. when he pulls it together. It's, uh, yeah. He's, but, he's uh, it, it's been tough. I mean, you you, me, you mentioned the team's got a great core, great great young hitting core, great starting pitching. It's the bullpen that's failed us yep. miserably yeah. this year. Yep. I'm yep. I am thankful that uh, Robinson Cano is wearing a Mets <laughs> uniform. Um, yeah, yeah. I've really enjoyed watching him and his uh, six forty seven OPS this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, just. Two words, just to tweak you just a little bit, and because I'm going to call up Siegel and make sure he listens to this <laughs> podcast, I just have two words for you, Jared Clinic. That guy's going to yeah. be a stud. Yeah. And, there you go. Uh, he's. Uh, I saw him down in spring training this year, and uh, 
I mean, it's hard to predict. He's got a ways to go. Mm-hmm. He's just in his, I think he just turned 20, 21. Yeah. But yep. uh, right. he looks like the real deal. I mean, mm-hmm. He's built like a fire plug, and uh, he can hit the ball. He's above average defensively. He's got a pretty good arm. Um, we can finally, uh, I know Kevin is a long-suffering yeah. Mariners fan oh, yeah. yourself, we can finally <laughs> say we've got some kids down on the farm that uh, could Definitely. contribute in a few years. Which, which, if anything, we, after suffering through this season, that's the one, the one silver lining. Is You're that we had, yeah. yeah, we had no one in the top 100 a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and now we've got a, got a handful, and so... That's and there was a second youngster in that trade too, right? Dunn, Dunn, a pitcher. Yeah, mm-hmm. Dunn. I think he's twenty-two or twenty-three-year-old. Justin Dunn. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, he hasn't yeah. done quite as well, but yeah. uh, uh, he's got potential as well. But the Mets with, I mean, Pete Alonso's having a, an amazing oh, yeah. year as a rookie. Yep. He's going to break the McGuire record most likely mm-hmm. for home runs by a rookie here. That's been what since about. Is that thirty-eight? Uh, it's thirty-three, I think. So he's real close already. Hmm. He's yeah. at he's at thirty-one after today's. Yeah, and I think I think McGuire had thirty-three. Yeah. So it's really okay. close. that by the weekend. I, yeah. <laughs> McGuire actually broke that rookie home run record in the kingdom. I was at that game. Okay. And wow. Yeah, Maybe it's 38 right. whatever. Yeah. But, uh, I, I thought it was 38, but you yeah. could be right. Yeah. That could be right. But, no, he, he's, yeah, he, he, he can hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he won the home, to watch, uh, home run right, derby, the home right? run derby. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's good. It's great. I mean, the polar bear, he's, 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 <laughs> he's legit. He's. I mean, I think the Mets home run record is strawberry at something like the high 200s or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, give this kid five, six years, he'll crush that. Oh yeah, definitely. He's just gotta gotta stay healthy. Gotta stay healthy and get somebody to bat behind him that can hit the ball. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but Tom, what yeah. what else is new at uh, Sierra Nevada these days? I mean, you guys are obviously killing it with uh, with Hazy and a number of your other beers continuing to do really well. I mean, you look at the. Uh, you know, there's always a lot of chatter about the the larger craft um, breweries that, um, you know, the last couple of years have struggled a little bit. But but Sierra's really turned it around and is is bucking the trend here. And uh, I think you guys are just making some great beers right now, and that that obviously helps. So what's uh, what's going on uh, new at uh, Sierra Nevada these days? Well, we're just playing playing around with a lot of fun things. Um, yeah, we eked out a little growth last year, which was pretty unusual for a large regional, yep. right? Um, hey, uh, you know, we got a lot of great programs, just, just firing on all cylinders. You've got a, you know, great team set up, uh, great, you know, collaboration between the East coast and West coast. Um, you know, and, uh, well, in, in typical Sierra Nevada fashion, uh, we kind of like to wait till the last minute to kind of decide on our next year's plan. So, we're still kind of navigating that, and and uh, I'm I'm wondering what you know we're still going to come out with uh, next January, but I'm sure it'll be fantastic. We've got a lot of a lot of cool things uh, kind of incubating right now. So we've been playing around with ciders a little bit. Um, oh, very cool. Some other some other more interesting uh, concepts out there as well. Um, certainly, there's there's the marketplace is changing so quickly that we just have to be nimble. And um, we acquired our first brewery. Um, yeah, suffer more, first, right? Right, right. They don't actually have a brewery. They're, you know, they're just this really, really cool team of like-minded people who are just kind of trying to tie in, you know, sports and and, and outdoor mm-hmm. activity and athletes to beer. Um, so, you know, we're really excited to to have them on board. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun. Uh, all the beers are gluten reduced. Um, you know, they they all have an interesting component to them. One of them has black currant. 
Another one has bee pollen. So, you know, I urge people to, to go out there and try the, the new Sufferfest lineup. There'll be a variety pack out, out pretty soon. You know, if, if you keep making that, Tom, what am I going to do with all my dad jeans if you start doing all of these lower <laughs> gluten beers, you know, and I start reducing the size of my waist? Well, we can also, Steve, just for you, or Mike, just for you, we can come out with a, you know, a, a high gluten line. <laughs> I know we've been working with you a lot, too, and Blaze has been working with you a lot, trying to fill in a few gaps as we've had a really kind of a, a challenging year with the baby, Steve, and you kind of want to give everybody maybe a little update of what, what's going on more recently sure. with the hops and, yeah. and, and, and the three states and yeah. what we're seeing. I mean, we're, we're still watching uh, the babies. There's been some improvement in what I've seen uh, most recently. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're still not going to uh, be an average crop from the baby side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, had uh, a weekend down at the Oregon Beach with my family and came up through hop country up there as, or down there in Oregon as I was coming through. And the crop looks pretty decent down there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some... Uh, already some cone development and some Simcoe's and, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, so they'll be picking uh, here just uh, in, in a few weeks. It's uh, coming up fast, yeah. It, it really is. And uh, Tom, I know you're down in uh, uh, Idaho right now and haven't probably had a chance to go out and look at very many yeah. hops, but uh, I plan to get down there in the next couple of weeks to see what's going on there. The last time I was there, I would say Idaho probably looks overall the best of the three uh, three states that are growing hops this year. We've had. We were uh, on a, go, ahead, Tom. go ahead. Well, we, we went on a two-hour bus ride around the hop region here. Okay. Yesterday, everything looks really strong. Some really, yeah. really strong, um, you know, Citra out there. Some really strong uh, Apollo fields. Nice CTZ fields. Um, a little bit weak on the Cascade for a few fields, but I think yeah, I think everything is developing really, really well here in Idaho. Yeah, with all the challenges, uh, specifically with Citra on the babies, just because of the late planting dates and uh, not being able to dig roots off of the Idaho Citra acreage until late, um, that's our biggest challenge. But i got to tell you, just driving around looking at some of the older um, uh, Citra plantings, uh, they look as good as I've seen them uh, since, since that variety came along. They will fool you. I mean, you can pick them and think you've got uh, plenty of cones and they don't quite weigh out. But uh, it's very encouraging to see the uh, older uh, citra crop and, and what it looks like so far. Steve, I've got a question. In, in the last, seems like, two to three weeks, it's been about 10 degrees cooler than normal. Does mm-hmm. that have much of an impact on hops at this time of year? Yeah. it, it In the Yakima area, I should say. Actually, anyway. we're kind of in that period of time where the hops are blooming. Uh, so a little cooler weather doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you get some real hot weather and then don't have the, the moisture in the soil, you can get some bloom drop. Mm-hmm. Um, we're supposed to get some uh, mid-90s to upper-90s weather uh, starting this week into the next week. But I, I think um, most growers here, at least in the valley, have uh, plenty of moisture in the ground, and I don't anticipate yeah. bloom, being, uh, uh, bloom drop being an issue this year. Right, okay. So overall, still looking like uh, if you take all all geographies, matures, babies, we're still looking at pretty much an average crop. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, at I, this point in time, uh, I'll be out with uh, Drew on Monday. We're going to spend the day out there, kind of uh, looking at the valley's crop here and and kind of doing our uh, hops are the type of thing where I've been around them enough that uh, you don't really want to go out and predict that first yield 
mm-hmm. until probably around the 1st of August because just mm-hmm. so many things can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but once the 1st of August gets here, you can kind of get a pretty good clue of, of what you're going to have. So we'll start that process next week and get down to Idaho, look at that crop. And uh, uh, I think Drew's headed down to Oregon today to kind of look at what's going on down there. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll uh, have our first blush at uh, what we think, which is really important for us as a hop company to have... Uh, you know our our planning uh, uh, department with some some good numbers and uh, have production geared up and we think we have the warehouse situation uh, stabilized so that we got room for everything. But well, we're uh, excited this year. You were just there. We're we're finally going to have our our very first uh, Yakima Chief warehouse in Oregon. I mean it's owned it's managed known by one of it's owned by one of our growers owners, but it's managed by us. But that's an exciting. Yep, new thing for us as as we really take on full responsibility for that that facility. That that was the most interesting part of my little drive through uh, Monday through the Oregon was looking at that uh, warehouse to make sure that all the walls were up and a roof was on and <laughs> it looks like it's going to be ready to go for uh, for harvest here in a few weeks. And we're going to have uh, this year uh, really kind of the, our own selection process in Oregon. Normally we do it here in the Yakima Valley, but this oh, year nice. we'll do do yep. Oregon as well, which will be good. Yep. Uh, Kevin, anything uh, new going on at uh, Bale Breaker these days other than continuing to make great beer and oh, keeping no. us spoiled in the Yakima Valley? <laughs> no, no, nothing too crazy. I mean, we're, we're, you know, experimenting with new trends as well. Um, I'm sure that Tom could speak on this. It, the, the, the brewing industry changes so rapidly that you, you have to be, you have to innovate, you have to be nimble. Um, you gotta, if you stick to your guns for a little bit too long, you can, you can kind of get caught in a doldrum so we, we've got a little 10 barrel system that we're always experimenting on and and right now that's a lot of a uh, a lot of uh hazy ipas and parallels um just trying to trial it and see what we can get into cans and into package um also kind of looking at some of the low lower calorie options or the better for you beers um and trying to to de- develop other uh other beers like a you know Cole sure Pilsen or something that's that's a light option for the um, people that are getting a little bit of hop fatigue or maybe just not be hop heads like all of us so um, so kind of exploring all those all those avenues um, but what, you know up, up here it, it's what's starting to really catch on is some of the some of the hazy beers um, you know even even low ABV uh, lower IBU just kind of approachable um, soft kind of soft mouthfeel soft bitterness uh but really awesome aroma mm-hmm. um it's been some of my favorite beers that we've been been pumping out so nice um looking looking to work some of those into a little bit larger scale production than uh in 2020 right now it's just kind of for yakima maybe a little bit for our, our larger markets but um nothing nothing too crazy you know sierra's obviously was early on has built a great uh, nationwide distribution as is is Bale Breaker thinking about yet moving beyond the the couple of North P and W states, or where, where are you guys thinking these days? Oh, the the Pacific Northwest will always be our focus. Um, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, uh, that that'll always be our our home and in our heart. But uh, we've got randomly got a couple uh, strange authorizations into uh, Fred Myers. We're in uh, actually our top cutter is in all 12 Fred Myers in the state of Alaska. So oh, wow. if okay, you're ever cool. up, up there, it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know how, how many times, uh, 
a pallet goes up there. It's probably not very frequently, but yep. um, and then we just saw the same authorizations for. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was the Fred Myers in Hawaii, and so our mm -hmm. Seattle distributor runs it. It's a blip on the radar, but cool. So we've we've ventured very far outside of the Pacific Northwest. One more reason, but it, it'll uh, never be a one more reason in January yeah. to get out of Yakima yeah, exactly. to go to Hawaii, yeah, right? So to you know, top you know cutter, so. as long <laughs> as in in January we can check the market down down in Maui, and you know maybe in. July, just see how it's doing in Alaska. Well, yeah. well, that'll be all right. If if you're interested, Kevin, I've got a suggestion of a Fred Meyer in Arizona about <laughs> yeah. March that might be <laughs> yeah, a, good, yeah. uh, a good target. Yeah, so we have plenty <laughs> of volunteers to go to Hawaii and do some brewery tours in January. So yeah. yeah. Hey, Tom, does uh, does Steve Dressler ever uh, show up around there, wondering uh, where to punch his time card in? Uh, absolutely yeah <laughs> steve 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 comes into the pub uh, you know after well after we get off work a couple times a week so oh cool nice. he's, he's nice. still he's still kind of you know yeah shoot, shooting the sh shooting the shit with everybody and just having <laughs> a good time and be sure and, and tell uh, him yeah. hello for us uh absolutely he, he's will. one of our favorite people up here yeah, he and Bart uh, say hi to Bart for us all too. So a couple oh, of yeah. great guys. You have a, you do have a great team, Tom, and uh, you're obviously a big part of it. So, mm -hmm. so we've enjoyed the uh, the relationship uh, from the very first days. Yeah, likewise. I think it's definitely mutual. Yeah. Have you, what uh, yeah. what what week or weeks are you coming up here for selection, Tom? Well, I was really happy to hear about the new warehouse there, uh, about uh, Salem area, because mm -hmm. uh, we usually grab our Cascades for Celebration Ale right mm -hmm. there at, at Sodbuster. Yep. So it's going to make it a lot easier just to kind of process those hops through your system and just get them to Chico as fast as possible. So we'll be there September 5th basically to do that and to, to grab some Centennials for Selly. Uh, then we'll be back, I believe, the 11th and well, 12th and 13th. Um, I'm sorry, the 15th and 16th, and uh, Ken Ken will be on that trip, which will be great. Awesome. And then we'll be back, I believe, the 25th, 26th, 27th, to kind of finish things up a little bit and gra grab some of uh, some of those excellent mosaics that you guys produce. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, as always. Matt, we're looking forward to it, and uh, yeah, uh, Nicole's excited as always, and uh, Blaze, everybody, the whole gang always loves uh, interacting with you and your team when you come up. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, I hear the uh, the sports center might not be open and, and active. No, it is. During... It's absolutely open is already. It? No, it's Just... open already. They oh, did their okay. renovations. It, it looks a little too clean. Uh, <laughs> so it needs to be scruffed we'll up. So I think yeah, one yeah. harvest, it'll get back into style. But uh, <laughs> it's open. The, the sign looks great outside. But it's a little too clean on the inside, I think. I don't know if yeah. people will recognize it necessarily. They might all yeah. go to the Dragon Inn just uh, – to feel scruffy about it. Nothing so. a few hop growers and brewers <laughs> won't fix real quick. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it won't take long, for sure. Well, Tom, uh, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today on our podcast. It's been great, and, uh, you know, keep doing everything you're doing because, uh, you know, we we handle the hops, but we really love the, uh, the end product, and you guys are doing fantastic with that, and we really appreciate that. So thank you so much, and thanks for thank joining you. us today. Yeah, thanks so, a lot, guys. Really appreciate it. So, Tom, hey, you know, whether you're making yeah. beer or watching baseball, we wish you nothing but good hops. Appreciate that, Steve. All right, and go, go Mets. Just yeah, don't tell. Just Mets. don't tell Siegel. <laughs> should, should, should we? Should we? Should we get a chant? Chant going here, real quick. Let's let's go Mets chant. <laughs> M-E-T-S, M-E-T-S, Mets, Mets, Mets. Is that how it goes? Oh, that's yeah, the Jets. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> All right. Thanks, Tom. Take care. Take care. Bye. Cheers.